It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. And we are back with a Wednesday episode. That midweek episode is here. And we have a new Wednesday tradition. We've done a lot of them in the past. We had our 2019 season review, our 2019 positional review. But now in the spirit of moving forward into the 2020 season or the 2020 NFL season, We have now begun, and this is our second week of doing our 2020 Ravens schedule preview. And so what we did, much like the 2019 season review, is we reviewed three games in three segments. So we'll do one game in one segment, the second game in the second segment, and of course that final game in the third segment. So what we did last week is we reviewed weeks one, two, and three, or previewed them. And I didn't see the need to do the preseason. Again, there's not a guarantee the preseason even happens, really, so... When looking at that, I don't necessarily feel like that's of the utmost importance. I want to get into this regular season, the games that will count on that win-loss record. And so we talked about the Ravens' loss, in my opinion, that I think the team is going to take in Week 1 against the Cleveland Browns. And we talked about two wins against the Houston Texans and that pivotal game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you stuck with me here on Locked on Ravens, or if you checked out that episode last week or have heard my record prediction before, in a bit of a spoiler, I don't think it'll be much of a secret as to what I think the Ravens are going to do, whether it be win or lose in these next three games we're going to go over here. I have the team at 15-1, and and if I have them losing that 
that week one game to Cleveland well, you can put two to two together and say that I think the Ravens will win these next three games we review. So we'll be going and getting into weeks four, five, and six, talking about games against the Washington Redskins, Cincinnati Bengals, and Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll talk about the week four game against the Redskins here in our first segment. Talk about the Bengals in the second, and finally the Philadelphia Eagles in the third. So let's jump right in. But before we do that, of course, be sure to follow us on Twitter. We have our show account at Locked on Ravens and the personal account, my personal account at ChaosStriker34. Our mailbag episode will be returning tomorrow. So if you haven't seen the Twitter status that the Locked on Ravens account has posted. Be sure to comment your questions under that to be able to have me answer your questions about the Ravens or anything you want me to answer. And then be sure to tell your friends that we have content for them Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. We are here for all Ravens fans and even fans of different teams. So if someone just wants some news on the Ravens or some enemy scouting, be sure to send them our way Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern time is when we post. So Maintenance is done. Let's get into the content starting off with week four against the Washington Redskins. And what we have here is a game that the Ravens should be able to handle. This is an away game. It'll be happening week four at one o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And the reason I think that they'll be able to handle this game is, look, I wish Alex Smith the best in his recovery, but personally... I don't think he's going to be anywhere near close to ready for this game. I don't think he's going to play throughout the 2020 season. Honestly, I think his football career is over, and I personally wouldn't recommend him playing another down of football. Case Keenum is now gone. He is in a Cleveland Browns uniform. He played in 10 games for the Redskins. Haskins, their quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, played in nine, and obviously 10 plus nine doesn't really add up. Well, they took Keenum out in some games and put in Haskins, took Haskins out in some games and put in Keenum. Colt McCoy even got a game in there. So the Redskins were relying on that quarterback by committee. But in all reality, this is the Dwayne Haskins show. Haskins finished 119 of 203 for 1,365 yards through seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now, I thought that he showed a lot of improvement when you talk about, you know, when he first got in there as the starter. It wasn't even supposed to be. The Dwayne Haskins experiment wasn't supposed to happen in, in his rookie year, much like, I think, the Lamar Jackson experiment in his rookie year with the Ravens. Keenum just wasn't getting it done. There were injuries across the board. Dwayne Haskins got his shot. The guy who I'd be the most wary about if I were the Baltimore Ravens is another second-year guy out of Ohio State. Receiver Terry McLaurin absolutely took the league by storm. 919 yards, seven scores, had 65.6 yards per game. I mean, the guy was a deep threat, but could also do a lot of different things with a lot of different routes. Averaged 15.8 yards per catch, holding 58 of those 93 targets. By far the most targets on the Washington Redskins. The next most targeted guy on the Redskins was Chris Thompson, a running back who had 58 targets. So I think that McLaurin is going to have to be the guy that the Ravens pinpoint and hone in on. They also have Kelvin Harmon, who was another rookie, who I think also has a lot of potential, average 12.2 yards per catch last season for the Redskins. Those two guys, I think, are a great starting point with Haskins. They have Adrian Peterson in that running back room. I think Darius Geis is kind of a forgotten man, has had his two seasons in the league cut short due to injury. He was a guy who I really wanted on the Ravens. Now, obviously, you can't predict injuries. It's kind of hard to do, but I think the guys is really talented. The Redskins as a whole are a lot more talented and I think got a lot better than people think. Chase Young, the addition of Chase Young, 
absolutely massive. A, a Maryland guy grew up in Maryland, and the Redskins obviously reside in Landover, Maryland. But I think that, you know, with the addition of Chase Young, yes, it's going to help. Landon Collins obviously still there. They have a, a pretty loaded defensive line with former first-round Alabama talents, Jonathan Allen and a few others that are named. But I don't know. For me, it just seems like the Redskins, yes, they are getting better. But I think that it's hard to kind of climb from that number two overall selection to beating one of the best, if not the best teams in the league. Their secondary still has a lot of holes in and outside of Collins. Their linebacker unit needs improvement. Now, they do have a pretty deadly duo with Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan. But I think that for Baltimore, this game should be about the run. The, the Redskins, I mentioned, they have those Alabama big guys up front. Deron Payne, another one of them. But... I don't know. For me, this is a game where the Ravens should be able to dominate on the offensive side of the ball. And then when you look at the defensive side of the ball, I think that the Ravens will pick Dwayne Haskins apart. The reason I say that is I've said it multiple times on this show. The Ravens really do well against those rookie second-year younger quarterbacks. And I think that this is another one of those games where Dwayne Haskins is going to come into this and he'll be confident. And I mean, he should be. He's a good football player. But just the complicated schemes that Don Martindale runs, the ability for the Ravens defensive players to outsmart young guys, it really helps the Ravens defense to be able to have guys who can pick up this system, who have been in this system, and despite the Ravens relying on guys like Patrick Queen and, and Malik Harrison, still, the Ravens have smart guys on this defense. The Ravens know that, you know, they can't pick guys who don't have the highest football IQs in the world. The Ravens pride themselves on being able to draft smart football players. Every single player on this Ravens team, I think, is a very smart football player. Very disciplined, and they have the ability to pick up those schemes. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody else who's not on the Ravens is, is dumb and is a bad football player and can't pick up schemes. I'm just saying that for Dwayne Haskins, who is a younger quarterback, and the Ravens, you know, they had some trouble against Baker Mayfield, and that's really the only young quarterback I can really say has given the Ravens some problems over the last few years. You know, they picked apart Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. A lot of those guys from the 2018 rookie class that Lamar Jackson was in, Josh Allen, for example, right? Those guys have trouble. Dwayne Haskins, he is a dual-threat guy. He can also hurt you with his legs, but I just think the Ravens, this will be, be an easy game for them. Now, you obviously can't overlook any single opponent. That is the Ravens' worst thing that they can do. And I think that they have a lot of talent on this roster. I mean, I think Peterson and Geis are a good one-two duo. You have to look at those receivers I mentioned. I think Terry McLaurin, he can burn this team deep. If he gets a step on somebody, it's gone to the house, touchdown Terry McLaurin, much like in the Ravens' offense with Hollywood Brown, and even now you could say Devin Duvernay. But for the Ravens, they're going to have to get out to an early lead. They're going to have to make sure that they can defend the back end of their defense and I think for them that's going to be the most important part but I mean going into week four the Ravens should be riding high and if all goes well and all goes like I predicted they should be three and one heading into this game against the Redskins after coming off two really big wins really big wins against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans in weeks three and week two so I think that this could potentially be a trap game if the Ravens see a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins a young guy and they say oh man we did this last year we played all four quarterbacks from that 2018 draft class not named Lamar Jackson and I mean, we dominated all of them. So what, what's, what's Dwayne Haskins, man? But look, Dwayne Haskins, 
can come in, he can tear it up, and the Ravens, they could be stunned much like they were against the Tennessee Titans. For the Redskins, they're going to be coming out and looking for an opportunity to prove themselves. I'm not going to say that that's going to be the Redskins' Super Bowl, but look, every team early in the season still looking for answers, looking for guys to gel. The Ravens, again, they could be looking for that interior offensive line to gel. They could be looking for their new wide receivers to get on the same page with Lamar Jackson. There are a lot of potential things that might not be in perfect shape yet when a team like the Washington Redskins, you have to go and you have to play them. Plus, this is an away game, and so I think that the Ravens Nation, if they are able to travel and able to go to the game, should be able to travel for this one, making it a lot more like a home game. But overall, I think Baltimore should win this game easily. I'm going to say this is a win for Baltimore, moving them to 3-1 and one on the season. We're going to head into our first break here, but when we return, we're going to be talking about the Ravens week five matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. So stay tuned for that and we will be right back. But before we do that, Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They're tasty and healthy. They're great for the health conscious person, but it's also a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, eight in the chocolate and nut flavor and eight in the chocolate and nut free flavor. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while snacking on a delicious treat because they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Two of their flavors include peanut butter brownie and mint brownie. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we are back with our second segment here on this Locked on Ravens midweek edition episode here on Wednesday your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, is still here with you. And as we finally talked about the Ravens Week 4 game against the Washington Redskins, now we're going to get into the next week, Week 5, against the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is a game that the Ravens also should be able to win. This is a home game. It's going to take place at 1 p.m. Eastern Time as well. But again, you can't overlook any opponent. And with a new quarterback coming to town and Joe Burrow, they now have a new weapon in T. Higgins. A.J. Green, assuming he's healthy, is going to be back on the field for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd, who always gives the Ravens trouble. Auden Tate, who has given the Ravens trouble. He gave him trouble last year. Maurice Kennedy was the prime culprit of that. But I mean, still... You have to look at the Bengals as a team who could potentially be a lot better than they were in 2019. In fact, they will be better in 2020 than they were in 2019 because it's hard to repeat a 2-14 year, you know, two years in a row. And I think that Joe Burrow is going to take them and he's going to be really good and he's going to help them really, you know, take a step into the direction of a good football team. But I wanted to take a second to look back at the Ravens win in week six when the team played the Bengals at home. It was a 23-17 win, and let's just say it didn't get off to the best start. On special teams, first play of the game, Brandon Wilson, 92-yard kickoff return 
touchdown. This was a game that was a blemish on the Ravens special teams core. I think that, you know, this in the game against the Jets uh, in Monday night primetime, that was a, a hard game to watch from a special teams perspective. And it seemed like the Bengals were doing a lot on the special teams side of things. Brandon Wilson, I mentioned, had that 92-yard kickoff return for a touchdown on the first play, but he averaged 47.3 yards per kick return, three kickoffs for 142 yards. Now, obviously, that's going to be a little bit marred by the 92-yard touchdown, but I mean, two other kickoffs for an extra 50 yards, that's 25 yards per return. That's that's not going to cut it and get it done. So that was really the blemish for the Ravens, but this game was a lot closer than, than it really was. Lamar Jackson went 21-33 to for 236 yards, didn't throw a touchdown, didn't throw an interception, did have a touchdown on the ground, however, had 19 carries for 152 yards. He averaged eight yards per carry, a great day from Lamar Jackson on the ground. And a great day by the other Ravens rushers as well. And you can put Lamar Jackson in there as well. Mark Ingram, 13 carries for 52 yards and a score. Gus Edwards, 6 carries for 34 yards. And Justice Hill, 5 carries for 31 yards. The Ravens averaged 6.3 yards on the ground as a team. Mark Andrews led the team with six receptions for 99 yards. Almost got that 100-burger. Miles Boykin, two for 28. Seth Roberts, two for 23. Mark Ingram, two for 22. And then a bunch of other guys had under 20 yards receiving. So it was really it was really the Mark Andrews show. The Bengals did not have good cover linebackers in 2019. They now have Josh Bynes. They drafted Logan Wilson. Akeem Davis-Gaither is now in the fold. They were dealing with Nick Vigil, Preston Brown. I mean, guys who can't really cover. Nick Vigil's a pretty good run defender, but just atrocious in coverage. Josh Bynes, you know, not, not the best cover linebacker, but I think Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither, they, they are good cover linebackers, and I think that you can do a lot with them. So the Ravens got their bread and butter on the ground. You know, the pass game wasn't as prevalent, but I mean, this year I think it's going to be a little bit different. The Bengals signed Trey Waynes to a three-year $42 million contract. He, he, has a tendency to get burned. I mean, remember, the Ravens signed Marcus Peters to a three-year $42 million contract, and that deal is looking a lot better than the deal that the Bengals gave Trey Waynes. The Bengals did add DJ Reader, a big nose tackle, really good nose tackle, one of the best in the league, actually, to pair with Geno Atkins. That's somebody who you can really... It's a one-two duo that's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. That could wreak havoc on the Ravens' interior. That's why I think this game is going to be won and lost. If Geno Atkins, who's always, always, always given the Ravens problems. DJ Reader's in there now. They have Carl Lawson on the edge. They have a lot of good guys who can get into the quarterback space and just disrupt things. The Ravens, the interior offensive line, whoever it's going to be, if it's younger guys, if it's older guys, they need to step up and stop Geno Atkins from getting in the space of Lamar Jackson and let Lamar Jackson work. Now, Maurice Kennedy on the Ravens defensive side of the ball, he led the team with 10 tackles. Brandon Carper, Noah McPhee, Chuck Clark, and Josh Bynes, as well as LJ Fort were the next leading tacklers on the team. They had three tackles each. So this says more about Maurice Kennedy and just how much he was targeted and absolutely dismantled by Auden Tate, who had five receptions for 91 yards. Usually when a cornerback has a high tackle total, it means that they're letting their guy get receptions and they have to bring him down to the ground. And that's exactly what happened with Maurice Kennedy. Kennedy was cut a few weeks later. I mean, look, Maurice Kennedy, he, he was a hero in some games for the Ravens, but in others, like, 
like this one, it was just it was just bad to watch. And so now with Marcus Peters in the fold, the Bengals did not have a lot of success throwing through the air once he was there. Now this was Andy Dalton's game. Ryan Finley played in the next game. The Ravens played the Bengals. Finished 21-39 for 235 yards. Threw an interception. Did not have any touchdowns. The Bengals' run game just got stopped. Averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Joe Mixon, their lead rusher, had 8 carries for 10 yards. Giovanni Bernard, 4 for 4. I mean, their leading rusher was Alex Erickson, who had 1 carry for 17 yards on kind of a trickish play. So, you take that out, the Bengals, you can cut their rushing total literally more than half. So, the Ravens absolutely dismantled this Bengals running game. And I think that now with the additions of guys like Clayus Campbell, Derek Wolf, and still having Brandon Williams in there, Justin Matabuike, you know, Broderick Washington, Big Jelly Ellis, Dalen Mack. It's going to be tough for teams to run on the Ravens this year, and of course, the elite secondary is going to make it tough for teams to pass on them. So I think that the Ravens, they have a formula for success, and that is to build that defensive line up while having that elite secondary in the back, and I think that's really what's going to help this team perform. Now, looking ahead to the Joe Burrow days that are going to you know, have to descend down on the Ravens and M&T Bank Stadium and the AFC North, and for years to come, I think, too. Again, the Ravens feast on young quarterbacks, first-year guys, rookies, second-year guys, you know, all these guys who, you know, are coming into the league bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, they have a lot to prove, run into this buzzsaw, which is the complicated scheme of this defense. Now, Joe Burrow, I guarantee you, has not seen anything like this Ravens defense in college. He will have four starts under his belt, assuming he wins the starting job, which is pretty likely, I mean, it's 99%, 100% actually, that he will. He's coming into M&T Bank Stadium, which Kyler Murray, who had one start under his belt when he came to M&T Bank Stadium, called it absolute hell. It was loud as hell, he said. And so I think that with Joe Burrow, yeah, he'll have a few more starts than Kyler Murray did, but it's the same thing. I mean, even if the fans aren't there, the scheme will stay the same. The scheme will be there. The Ravens have really smart football players. And I think the Don Martindale run defense is going to outsmart Joe Burrow. It's just going to be a matter of if the Ravens can keep up with all the weapons the Bengals now have. T. Higgins, Auden Tate, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. They did lose Tyler Eifert, who seemed to be a bit of a Raven killer over the last few years when he was on the field. But A.J. Green is really that Raven killer. And you have to put your best man on him at all times or he will work you. So I think Marlon Humphrey is going to be that guy for the Ravens. I think this is a win, though. I think the Ravens will be able to dismantle this Bengals offense and not let them get anything going. And in turn, yes, the Cincinnati defense has improved. The Ravens will see Josh Bynes, a very familiar face, twice a year starting with this Week 5 game. But again, I think the Ravens have a formula to succeed on that defense. And I think that having that elite pass rush, having that elite run game, having that elite run stuffing game, it just leads to so many more opportunities for your secondary if a quarterback like Joe Burrow, a young guy, feels rushed to get that ball out. You have ball hawks like Marcus Peters and Earl Thomas waiting. You have physical corners like Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey waiting. It's really just the Ravens have everything to throw at you, and it's really, you know, pick your poison. Do you want to get sacked or do you want to throw an interception? It's on you. So for the Ravens, this is another win, and I think moving them to 4-1 on the 2020 season. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we return, we're going to be finishing off talking about week six and talking about the game with the Philadelphia Eagles. So stay tuned and we will be back soon. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or 
Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we are back with our final segment here on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Ravens. Your host, Kevin Oshiker, is still hanging out with you here. And we talked about the Ravens game against the Washington Redskins in Week 4, the Ravens game against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 5, and now moving on to the Week 6 game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles, much like the Ravens, seem to have a pretty good regular season. Now, the NFC East, by all means, was you know not, not the best division in football, but you go and you look at the Eagles' additions they made this offseason, and, and I talked a little bit about the Eagles' draft on Monday in terms of you know, what I thought about their draft, and personally, you know, the Jalen Rager pick over Justin Jefferson, and also just picking Jalen Hurts in the second round, Jalen Hurts is a guy who's most likely not going to help the Eagles for the next few seasons unless Carson Wentz does go down with another injury. And that's something where the Eagles are going to have to rely on Jalen Hurts then. But for now, he's sitting on their bench, doesn't do a lot. Maybe Carson Wentz is injured by week six and the Ravens do have to face off against Jalen Hurts. But all that I know is that the Eagles receiving core will be a lot better than what it was at the end of the 2019 season. I mean, the Sean Jackson injured, Alshon Jeffrey injured. They, they were relying on guys like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who did nothing as a second-round pick, and people are already starting to label him as a bust. Greg Ward, whose first position really isn't even a wide receiver. So you have to look at this Eagles receiving core now, getting Deshaun Jackson back, getting Alshon Jeffrey back, getting Jalen Rager in the fold. The speedsters with Jackson and Rager, that's going to be tough for the Ravens to defend. They're going to have to, again, one step and you're gone if you're guys like Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson. They have to play deep safeties. They're going to have to match up guys speed with speed. It's going to be interesting to see how they do that. But for the most part, I think that the Ravens can hold this Eagles offense in check. Miles Sanders is a phenomenal player. He's going to be their running back. One had 179 attempts for 818 yards and three scores in 2019. And he's going to get the Jordan Howard carries. Jordan Howard now gone from the Eagles. Jordan Howard in 2019 had 119 carries for 525 yards and six scores. Again, those, those carries are most likely going to go to Miles Sanders. Wentz on the season last year had 388 completions for 4,039 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Did play in all 16 games before getting injured in the playoffs, so a healthy season for Carson Wentz before then. The Eagles' Nelson Aguilar is now also gone. I mean, for the for the Eagles, I think Zach Ertz, though, is the guy that the Ravens are going to have to be most wary of. I mean, the Ravens have had that trouble over the last few years of covering running backs, tight ends out of the backfield. It's going to be important for them to have guys like Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison match up against Ertz. And then they have Dallas Goddard, who I really liked in the draft. And for me, I think that he's really, really good. And he had 87 targets, had 58 receptions on those 87 targets for 607 yards and five scores. They have a very potent one-two duo at the tight end position. 
And I think that they could be the guys who wreak havoc on this Ravens defense. So you have to look out for the speed. You have to look out for the tight ends. But on the defensive side of the ball, their leading tackler is no longer in an Eagles uniform. Malcolm Jenkins went back to the New Orleans Saints. Nigel Bradham, also not in an Eagles uniform. They're going to be relying on guys like Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, and a few others in that secondary, which was largely considered a place where the Eagles needed to upgrade. And then on the defensive line, I mean, I think Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive linemen in the entire NFL. I might even have him rated above Aaron Donald. Only had three and a half sacks in his 16 games in 2019, but his pressures, I mean, he does so much. Again, he's at the quarterback being a good run stuffer. And plus they have Derek Barnett, who I really liked coming out of Tennessee on their defensive line as well. Vinny Curry, another guy. So I think that the Eagles defense, yes, it needs some work. And I think that's where the Ravens are going to attack the Eagles and really do the most damage to them. Because look, the Ravens defense might not be able to hold up with the speed and, and the tight ends and Zach Ertz and, and Dallas Goddard. Now, I think they will, but but there's a possibility that there's just too much firepower on that Eagles offense, plus with Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders. But on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have to be able to isolate Brandon Graham, isolate Fletcher Cox, and hopefully Derek Barnett doesn't do you know a ton. And he only had six and a half sacks last season. Not, not too shabby. Brandon Graham had eight and a half sacks. And I mentioned Fletcher Cox had three and a half sacks but overall the Eagles are a team that do have a lot of talent on their defensive line and I think again this is where the Ravens offensive line the interior is going to have had to have gelled already they're gonna have to have had a plan and hopefully those guys have come in and said look well, we have had these games under our belt, but we're five games into the 2020 season. I mean, we now know the system. We know who's next to us. We know that guys can make plays next to us. And I think that, you know, having Marshall Yonder retire, the reason it's such a big loss is, is Orlando Brown mentioned. He said that him having Marshall Yonder next to him really gave him a sense of relief because he knew that 73 was going to get his guy and there was going to be no problems over there on the right side. Well, let's say Ben Powers wins that job. You know, Ben Powers is a young guy. Orlando Brown has had not a lot of experience, you know, playing with Ben Powers and not none at the NFL level. So I think that when you look at the Ravens and what they're going to have to do to stop this Eagles team is to stop this Eagles defensive line from wreaking havoc on you. And a big part of that is to stop Fletcher Cox on the interior. We talked about this last week with the Kansas City Chiefs when the Chiefs traveled to Baltimore. Chris Jones, one of those big defensive tackles, big defensive linemen, who is just a mess to clean up after handful to game plan for and to execute on game day against I mean he's a guy who everybody's gonna have to prepare for it's the same thing with Fletcher Cox Fletcher Cox can be literally a one-man wrecking crew absolutely getting into the Lamar Jackson space we talked about it with Geno Atkins and DJ Reader just a segment earlier now the Bengals paid DJ Reader over 50 million dollars the Eagles shelled out a big contract to Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones is going to get paid a lot of money Aaron Donald also got paid a lot of money these big interior guys the reason they get paid so much money is because they can take on two offensive linemen at once. You're going to have to double team Fletcher Cox. It's a must. It's something that's going to have to happen. And for me, I think that that's the biggest part of this game on the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens is making sure they can isolate Fletcher Cox and, you know, do what they did with Aaron Donald in Los Angeles in 2019, which is isolate him. Do not let him get to Lamar Jackson. Don't let him get going because once these guys get rolling, they are impossible to stop. So for me, I think the Ravens have a game plan to stop the Eagles. Just like, you know, they're, they're going to game plan week in and week out. They're going to be smart about it. Greg Roman in the offensive line room is going to be smart about making sure that Fletcher Cox does not get rolling and kind of rely 
relying on Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown Jr. to hold their own against two good edge rushers in Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. So for me, I think the Ravens will win this football game. I think that, again, moving to 5-1 and one is a great start to the season. I have them going 15-1, and one, so obviously, you know, that's an even better end to the season. But for me, the Ravens are going to win all three of these games we just talked about. That's all I have for you guys today. When we get back tomorrow, we're going to be talking about more Ravens football, getting into our fan mailbag. Be sure to comment on Twitter by tonight if you have a question. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.